This is the Horse Radio Network. Guys, we've almost made it. 2021 is nearly over, and we're hopeful that 2022 is going to be the best one yet. This week, we're celebrating the holidays with some of our happy hour fans. And of course, there's always time to talk about gastric ulcers. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wasnicka. Welcome to episode 93 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good. Ellie, I have a question for you. Okay. So... Not long ago, you asked about Bellboop help in the um, Facebook group. And have you found a suitable replacement Bellboop brand that you like? Because I'm very curious. So I haven't gotten them in the mail yet. Okay. Um, What'd you order? So I, here's the thing is I love Berkeley very much, but I hate him at the same time because like, it doesn't matter what I use and like they, they all will fit. Like, it's just a matter of like the longevity of them. Like, I mean, like he breaks the escadrons and I'm like, I'm not going to spend 30 bucks every like couple of months on a pair of bow boots. And my biggest thing is I like to take them on and off. So I looked into there's one pair that I did not buy because they're 80 bucks. They're wolf wear and they're like made of Kevlar and I'm oh, $80 wow. bell boots. Wow. Do not $80. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> I bought these Duratech ones, um, but they've they've got that newer shape that's more of like a TP shape than like the traditional. Yeah, shape. I like the TP looking shape. Okay, so that's what I went with. You know, I mean, they've got some extra padding, so hopefully they won't, um, you know, hold yeah. moisture because I've never done ones that aren't, you know, rubber before. But I'm interested to see how they hold up. But that's what I got for the time being because I was like, this is the most similar shape I can find to the eighty dollar ones. But you know, for thirty bucks. Well, you'll have to let me know because that seems similar to what we are buying, but they're not terrible. And we use them more when they're like jumping and stuff. But I'm always into like getting a new brand or something else or finding something. So definitely let us know because I would really, really like to know what you think about them. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. We'll see if he uh, if he manages to destroy these too. Perfect. This episode is brought to you by Green Flower Botanicals. Learn more by going to greenflowerbotanicals.com. So you guys, I've been in like the festive mood with uh, ordering drinks and like going outside the box and stuff. And the other night, I'm not sure if I can make this at home. I'm going to have to try. But the other night I ordered an espresso martini and it was so good. I like was kind of tired and I'm not really the kind of Red Bull type person that can just like, Doug, if he's tired, he'll have like a Red Bull and vodka or like something in Coke or whatever. And I just... I can't do that. So I was like, this is a good alternative for me that I was feeling a little tired and we were going to dinner with a bunch of people. So I got an espresso martini and they said to make it at home, you do two ounces of vodka, half an ounce of coffee liqueur, one ounce of espresso. They do it freshly brewed, one ounce of simple syrup, and you garnish with coffee beans. And for me, I feel like that's actually an easy kind of thing because those are things that I could keep in my house over a period of time. And then all they say to do is just add the vodka, coffee, liqueur, espresso, simple syrup into a shaker, fill it with ice and shake till well chilled and put it in a cocktail glass. So 
I don't know. I feel like I might be able to try this and feel fancy at my house. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I think one, it's impressive and fancy. And my, my mom loves these around the holidays. She always makes some like Christmas, New Year's, that type of thing. It feels like a lot of work to me, but, but probably worth it if you're in the mood for this type of drink, right? Because it's very similar. Uh, years ago, we do for dessert is the tequila XO, the Patron, okay. which is like the coffee um, tequila. And I'm not a tequila person. It's like the only tequila I can drink. So I feel like this is like the vodka version of it. And I can be like fancy in like a martini glass, though. So I might have to try this over the holidays. I, I'm just confused about the goal. Like, is the goal of this drink to give you energy or to like, you know, is this like an afternoon drink where you're like, yeah, I feel like this is like at dinner time, like as your first drink, if you're tired and like me go to bed at like eight o'clock at night every night. And I'm like, oh, these people want to do dinner at 730. And that's like super late for dinner for us. Oh, <laughs> don't judge. 730 is very late for dinner for us. <laughs> My mom drinks something like, you know how... Sorry, mom, but old people like they like coffee after after dinner. Like she does it, but like keeps the liquor going basically yeah. by doing her coffee plus alcohol. You know, well, so, yeah, it's like the Bailey. It's like the Irish coffee with Bailey's and stuff. But this yeah, is like yeah. a fancy martini glass. Yeah. Exactly. So for me, I mean, I lived off Irish coffee. Like when I studied abroad in Ireland, I literally had a bottle of Bailey's in my backpack at all times. I feel but, like this would be right up your alley, then. Yeah. Like coffee fan, like I remember in college, what we used to do, like if we like knew we were gonna like party all night and we were already tired, we did that V two vodka stuff. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? No way, no way. I would I, be so sick. It's got yeah, caffeine God. like in it, so it's like a <laughs> keep you going kind of. No, this thing. is like I feel like just like my fancy version to keep me going because I only need to go for an hour. <laughs> Before dinner, yeah, Ellie, you've got like the the teens, early twenties. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's only got to get to nine or like, o'clock instead of eight. Oh no, the I thirty don't. something year old body can't do that anymore. Oh, you know, no. where I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the espresso martini, going, yeah, one of these is perfect, just one. Yes, <laughs> you know? that's all I need. <laughs> I feel like I could have one with like hot chocolate. You know, like I feel like I call, I can't drink coffee after like three o'clock because I'm like wired. I could drink coffee any time of the night. I can have like nap. Yeah, same. Me oh too. no, I can have it like at dinner when we have to go to dinner late. I do it without the martini. I do a lot of times I'll do a latte or a coffee, like as everybody's having their dessert drinks or whatever. I'm like, oh, can I just get a coffee? And I will have it and drive home and then go straight to bed. So yep, no same. Yeah, I have no problem either. I know. You guys are old. <laughs> we are. Yeah, call us in like six, seven years, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I well, said that the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, remember in high school? I was like, oh, my God, we're both closer to 30 than we are to high school. <laughs> oh, like, my oh, goodness. No. Oh, my goodness. I can't. That's so funny. Like, you think that's bad? I pulled like an old cooler. I went out of a horse show. like From 20 at- years ago. Yeah, like literally in January, this cooler is going to be 20 years old. And I was like, wow, I'm getting old. (laughs) (laughs) So I have sort of a USCF update for you guys. They've decided one of the things, at least for 2022. So we talked about the 2023 schedule, how everything's going to kind of change. Well, with that schedule changing and Jersey Fresh not being on the spring um, FEI list, I feel really bad for them because they weren't on the list. So they decided 
since they weren't on the list, they were actually going to not run the 2022 FEI event. And that left all the competitors not sure if there was going to be a spring three and four star. And that's that's quite big to not have that here in the um, not to have that option for the May spring three and four L for the eventing. So long story short, as it was horrible that um, I mean, I understand completely where Jersey's coming from, that they don't want to put on another year when they weren't allowed to do it. So I get that. But at the same time, I'm super thankful that Tryon decided to pick it up. And so they put in a bid and said they would run. I think they're doing a one-star through four-star long. I'm not sure they're doing a 2L, but they've got lots of different options for that middle of May date. So now North America still does have a four long in their spring schedule. So very thankful that Tryon decided to step up and do that on their amazing course. Ellie, what do you have? Yeah, so I actually have something that, I mean, I'm sure everybody's kind of seen um, in the social media world um, as of recently. So it's not just um, equine vets. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen the not one more vet thing going around on Facebook. And it's just kind of this argument that, you know, we expect so much from these veterinarians that they're having this horrible work-life balance. Um, and they're actually one of the highest like suicide rates um, in all of the professions, and at least in our country. But I read something recently about um, equine vets and how they're worried that people are not going to like refill the positions once people start retiring because there is no work-life balance. Um, you know, they they say, oh, it's more of a lifestyle. But I guess that, you know, that's getting harder and harder to justify, um, especially to, you know, vet students because they, they want some kind of life outside of the, you know, equine practice. Um, you know, and with their families and stuff like that. And so it's basically just a reminder to be kind to your vets and uh, don't text them unless it's an emergency <laughs> late at night, which I am guilty of, unfortunately. I think we all are. It's one of those jobs that I think um, is, I don't want to say thankless, but I don't think people, you know, like we're, they're the one person you can call, right? When you think of like, oh my gosh, is this an emergency? And um, I don't think we always think about the toll that takes, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just a reminder to be kind to your vets. And uh, yeah, so what do you have, Justine? Well, it's December, which means it's time for all the new rules to take effect. So whether, you know, if you're competing in any... Yeah, exactly. More drama, right? So if you're competing in any USCF sanctioned discipline, there are new rules. So the Chronicle of the Horse does a great job every year of like coming up with like, this is what you need to know for every discipline. I think the biggest news, at least for me, that I'm excited about uh, and probably got the most bang for its buck, I guess, when this was announced was uh, for dressage, that riders can now wear colored breeches and any single colored tailcoat or jacket starting in the 2022 season. So, Jess, I don't know about you, but I I don't know. I hope people just go buck wild with this because <laughs> I feel I like it's going to be fun. I know. I feel like dressage needs this. You know, there are so many dressage divas who have been waiting for this. Like, go out there and like wear a wildly colored jacket if you want to. Or the fact that you can wear colored breeches. I mean, I think pe- most people will be fairly um, reserved, but you're gonna have a couple not. But that was yeah. Be so fun. 
But this is exciting. So. So I have a question that you might not know the answer to, Justine. Does this include the hunter jumper world? Because like in the jumpers and stuff, right, especially if you're going to higher shows, like if you don't have tan britches or britches that are like so light gray that they're considered tan, right, you can't compete. Right. This has nothing to do with hunters or jumpers or anything outside of specifically like USDF. FEI or all USCF level dressage so that like the rule only affects the dressage dressage people. Yeah. Yep. So um, there are some new rules for the hunters too, but they're all like fairly, fairly like nothing that like stuck, you know, like is going to affect a lot of people. Um, I will say the low children's and low adult amateur hunter classes have their own rated sections now, which is exciting for um, some of us amateur riders. The stirrup cup program is being discontinued in the hunters. The only other thing that really was like a big news story out of rule changes are for the jumpers. Um, mules can now compete in jumper classes, which is sort of. Oh, exciting. wow. Yeah, that's interesting. I know. I'm excited about this because I've wanted a mule for the longest time. <laughs> right. I know. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, like I. I feel like I've seen some mule like news stories over the years, but they're always inventing. So maybe we'll see more in jumpers now. Um, there are some other jumper related rules that are interesting. The amateur owner jumper divisions have been eliminated. So there will only be amateur jumper divisions. Um, no amateur owner ones, which I, well, because they, that was, that was pretty normal because a lot of the amateur own, they weren't actually owners of the horse. And right. then they weren't. So then there was the amateur jumpers. So, it kind it of was like class a little redundant. Yeah. Sense. Like, yeah, exactly. Just sort of eliminating, like, why do we need multiple divisions there? A hundred percent. Um, I'm trying to th- see if anything else like really pops out at me. So I think those are the big ones. Those that were the big like, ones. Yeah. So we'll link to all these in the show notes. If you guys want to read the new rules, um, you know, we've been sharing new rule announcements in the spark, obviously too, in recent weeks, but yeah. It's December 1st. It means I have to learn all new um, dressage tests now for eventing. You can do it. I believe in you. (laughs) (laughs) So shout out to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We really appreciate everybody who uh, takes the time out of their day to give a little back to this podcast. You know, we're we're getting closer to 100 episodes. If you can. uh, Gosh, it's crazy to think about that, Jess, that we've been doing this podcast almost Almost a hundred times. I know. And we just appreciate all of you who enjoy listening to this podcast and and join us in our Facebook group. Uh, And every little bit helps keeps the show on the air and keeps us going forward. So if you want to join us and become a Patreon subscriber, you can do that by going to Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash heels down. All right, guys, I want to talk to you about some new riding gear I just got which I honestly think would be a great holiday gift for both of you. I think you'll like these too. So obviously you both know I'm a fan of Red and Goat. I have their rain gear suit, which I actually just used at a super rainy rocking horse, horse trials um, event in November where it just rained constantly and it was like 30 degrees all day. And of course I'm the only person in Florida wearing a rain suit, but I was really glad I had it. So <laughs> And I also have their winter riding suit, which I don't use as often, but I do use it when I go skiing and I got to wear it when I went to Iceland and rode some Icelandic courses and was very grateful to have it. 
But Reading Goat has expanded the line of products they offer where they're now selling breeches and some shirts. So I got to try out their new jogger knee patch breeches, which I was super excited about. I couldn't wait to get these. Um, And they came in the mail just this last week. And they are a pair of breeches, but they combine the best thing about breeches with the best thing about sweatpants, which probably sounds really weird to hear, but I I promise you it's all of the best things of both worlds. So their jogger breeches are basically they're just a riding pant where they have real knee patches on them, um, but they're made of almost like sweat pant material. So it's it's like a thicker I would you know, for me living in Florida, I would say it's more of like a winter riding pant for me. But they have a drawstring, you know, in like a like a waistband, a stretchy waistband that makes it feel like sweatpants to me. And I feel like if you were ever going to try to debut a product like this, 2021 is the year to do it, you know. But they do have compression to them, which I really like, too. So they have the compression of like a workout legging. If you like Lululemon leggings, I really like you feel that comfort in the riding tight. But you don't have to worry about a belt because they just have the, like I said, like the waistband that that feels like a sweatpant. And I still tuck in a shirt when I ride it, ride with in these, but they're nice and comfortable. So I just got them. I rode in them over the weekend and um, I rode. I loved them. They were great. They weren't too hot. They were very comfortable. And then I, you know, I took them off and went home and put sandals on and went to Publix, the grocery store. I cleaned my house. I wore them all day. Like they're they're like the perfect like work to riding pant. Like I can wear them all day. They're super comfortable. They're very stretchy. They're moisture wicking. Uh, Again, they have the waistband with the drawstring. They're easy to wash. I just washed them. They look great. They look like the same brand new right out of the wash. And then I wore them with a Redding Goat specific shirt that they just launched too. So they have a long sleeve color block shirt, which the colors are so pretty. It's like a green, a maroon, and a navy blue. And It's just very tasteful. Like it doesn't have a collar, so it's a great schooling long sleeve shirt. But I've gotten tons of compliments on the shirt. Like everyone just loves the color scheme of them. They're really, really pretty. So if you're if you already have the Red and Goat winter suits, you'll know the colors. They like match their winter jumpsuit colors. So it's all the same sort of tone and feel. But it is a technical fabric. It's very soft. It's got four-way stretch. It's moisture wicking. It's quick drying. It has a nice crew neck. It's very comfortable to wear. Honestly, it pairs really great with their jogger breeches. So if you haven't seen them yet, the jogger breeches come in two different colors. I got the brown, uh, which I love. And then uh, again, it it pairs great with that long sleeve shirt. It's a great gift if you're looking for like a just if, you know, maybe. Right. It sounds awesome. I'm going to have to look into this because I've not heard about this at all. So yeah, it sounds like it's super nice. Like we all do love our leggings. So it's like a mixture between the two, which would be nice. I know. So I never thought I would be like a, a more casual riding tights type person, but you know, I've always been like a breeches with a belt, very traditional, but I don't know, like companies are getting very creative in the, in like different designs and these joggers are, they're awesome. Like I'm interested because with the drawstring, it makes it look like a belt. So it makes it that kind of in between without being leggings, if that makes sense. 100%. And they're so comfortable. Like I said, like on days that I know I have to like get up and work a long day 
and then I'm going to try to run out and squeeze a ride in. Like I will start my day in the joggers and then run to the barn. So like they're that comfortable that I can wear oh, it. Nice. And, you know, do everything I need to do at home, even do like a yoga session and then run to the barn. I can wear them all day. They're great. Oh, that's awesome. I won't be judged anymore for wearing sweatpants and doll boots. <laughs> I know. Well, and Ellie, I thought of you actually when I wrote in them because I feel like, yes, there's the compression element to them, but I feel like they're nice and comfy enough. You could like you could put a tight underneath them if you wanted to ride in like a double layer. For it to be cold. Yeah. Yep. You could yeah. very easily do that. And then and the material is thick enough like you wouldn't show anything if you had a layer underneath. Nice. Yes. I'm all yeah. and where you were just saying, where do they go on and find this? Because I need to look this up for sure. So if you want to check it out, you can go to reddinggoatequestrian.com. Reddinggoat is spelled R-E-D-I-N-G-O-T-E, equestrian.com. And you want to look at the equestrian color block long sleeve shirt. And then also the jogger knee patch breeches. Whether it's been hours of barn chores or a long week at a show, candles for burned out equestrians have a comfort for everyone. These hand poured candles are all natural, renewable and soy based. So you can feel good about lighting one in your home. Be careful, though. You deserve to relax, unwind and breathe in the sweet smell of not horses for once. You can check them out at shop.heelsdownmag.com. All right, guys, I'm really excited to introduce our guest tonight. Courtney Tuxhorn is an amateur eventer originally from Maryland who events at the prelim level with her off-track thoroughbred BAM. You may know them on Instagram as 2xRacers. Hey, Courtney. Hello. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Oh, my gosh. Thanks so much for having me. I've been listening to the podcast for a long time, so it's great to be here. Oh, we're happy that you're here. So I have followed you on Instagram for a while, and I love have I've just loved watching your journey with Bam, who is amazing. And what I think your your story is very unique and uh, very cool because eventing's not your first competitive sport. So you were an athlete um, in that you did triathlons, right? Yeah, that's right. I um, I did. I raced triathlons and bikes. I actually started out running as kind of a circuitous path. But yeah, I spent about a dozen years being um, my own kind of endurance athlete. And I stopped racing in uh, 2013. It's kind of uh, I stopped racing in 2013 because I had some injuries. But um, okay. yeah. You seem, you seem like you were very competitive in that too. So that was my question. Um, obviously you're a competitive person, I would, I would say. So was it the injuries that led you to kind of shift gears and try something new? Yeah. Well, A, thank you. Um, <laughs> and B, yeah, I mean, I think I was, I, I would say I, I felt like I stopped racing when I was still on an upward trajectory in terms of my ability. But, um, but yeah, it, it just like, I had a lot of hip problems and just kind of pulverized the head of my femur basically. Um, oh, wow. so yeah, so, you know, and I, I still endurance athletes are funny. Like I got a couple of surgeries and then found myself running a couple of marathons and then was like, wow, no, it's really not a good idea. <laughs> and I still Holy periodically cow. will go, I'll still periodically go back to running. Like I had a stint of running last, last winter too. Cause I love it. But yeah, it's mostly because of the injuries, but I'll be honest, like 
when I was racing, I still, you know, I would plan my routes to go past where I knew there were horses. Um, sometimes if I was having a tough race and we're going past horses, I'm like, what am I doing on this bike? <laughs> what am I doing right now? <laughs> so, um, I always did want to come back to the horses. Uh, and, um, that's eventually what I did. So you went from human triathlons to horse and human triathlons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think, I think it served me well, actually, in pursuing my eventing, because I learned a lot about, um, you know, training, training for three sports, uh, making mistakes in training, you know, when to rest, when to push, physiology, like that kind of thing. So I want to say it's been helpful in my eventing as well. So speaking about training, you got an off-the-track thoroughbred as your first horse and brought him up through the levels. Tell us more about BAM and your goals for next year. Okay. I can talk about Bam a lot. He's amazing. I love him. Um, yeah, I got him off the track. It was really lucky. I saw him on, a the Cantor website. I think a lot of folks who like off track thoroughbreds know about Cantor. It's like one of the rehoming websites. So I saw him back in 2017 and just thought he was gorgeous. And his trainer was somebody that I knew from growing up in Maryland. So I was kind of in the right place at the right time to get the horse. You know, I reached out to Hugh and he's like, oh yeah, you can have him. So that was really lucky. But yeah, we've, we've had a lot of fun. And he, I think next year, uh, you know, we had a great year at prelim this year, um, capped off with um, FEI, our first FEI event at Tryon, um, the Tryon International a couple of weeks ago, which uh, was a great learning experience. I want to say one of my favorite things was when I went down, and Jess, maybe you'll laugh at this. I happily, gleefully went down my first center line at the posting trot <laughs> and got the bell. <laughs> oops. <laughs> yeah, oops. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, didn't know it's only sitting trot. But yeah, the, one of the judges very kindly rang the bell and, and let me know that the whole test was supposed to be the sitting trot. So the, anyway, the we had a great... trot change. And the, when you can't use a whip in the ring, those are the two that get me all the time. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're with everybody else. Don't worry. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hearing yeah, you say, just... I'm like, uh, wait, you can't post. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just learned that too. <laughs> but, <laughs> But yeah, anyway, I'm hoping to sort of continue on the trajectory next year. I think my plan, like A-est of A's, would be to shoot for a, a three-star long at the end of next year. But, um, you know, with athletes and with horses and with eventing, you know, you can often go to plan B or C or what have you. So, but yeah, that's my sort of plan A for next year. Okay, so Courtney, the first time we talked, actually, we talked about anhydrosis, like this thing that haunts me everywhere I go because I keep buying horses that don't sweat, and I'm glad Bam sweats. <laughs> so I've been following you, you know, before then, since then, obviously, on online, and I think this is a question I've wanted to ask you since I've started following you on Instagram: is you you had you, like you had the best pandemic life, you know, like obviously the pandemic is a horrible thing that have affected a lot of people, you know, it's, but in it, it abruptly stopped all of our lives in some way, but you as an eventer were able to come to Florida for the season and then stay here. Right. And train, you train with the Hollings. Can you tell me a little bit about how you just made that work? Like what was your plan? Did it get disrupted by COVID? How, you know, how did, how did you and Bam kind of work around everything? Does it make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, I love that question. Um, I think it's kind of a combination of, you know, circumstances. Um, I was up in Canada, uh, cause my husband's a professor at the university of Calgary. Um, we're both Americans and I'm work for an American organization. And in 
been sort of floating back and forth across the border, you know, renewing my tourist visa and so on. But then COVID kind of changed that. But actually, I want to back up for a second, because even before that, I don't know if you all have been to Calgary. It's quite cold in the wintertime. But I had actually submitted a mailbag to you guys. Um, I want to say it was like January or February of 2020. I was having some issues with the barn where I was. I think like another border's horse was like chewing up my horse's blankets. And I had a question about like what to do. And I was just super stressed about it. And you all had a super helpful answer. Um, And it got me to start thinking about, you know, I got to get my horse out of here. Like I got to get out of here. And, um, and this was just pre like just barely pre COVID, but that's kind of when I started planning, like, I gotta, like, I gotta do something else next year. Like I can't, I can't be here for another winter with no options. And my horse stuck here with like another horse, like chewing him up and it's freezing cold and stuff. So that kind of started me thinking about it. And then on top of that, I was in Canada where I don't have a work permit, not a resident. I technically, I have asthma. So like if I were to get COVID, I would, I could get quite sick, but I don't have health coverage up there. So that was kind of accelerated. I'm like, all right, my particular circumstances are like, I need to get, I need to get back into the U S so that helped me out. Um, and then I think my, my particular circumstances, but then I think on top of that, just like planning, like I'm a big planner. And I think when you think something through and plan a bunch and the internet's great these days, cause you can research anything and, you know, come up with different plans and see what other people do. And, you know, if you come up with like a really sort of like, you know, just a plan, um, the people around you will kind of be like, okay, whether it's work or husband or <laughs> that kind of thing, like, okay, well, that seems like, you know, it seems like you've researched it. So yeah, I kind of did that. And then I, I will say the other thing that I did was I've taken my horse on trips before, like the, Second year we were eventing, I took him on a trip down to California for the a, a month over the winter. I mean, it was like our fourth and fifth event to do training level. And somebody that I stayed with in a um, like a horse motel on the way had kind of been like, that's a long way to go for training level. And I thought, okay, <laughs> yes, it is. But we learned so much, <laughs> had a great time, you know, but I, I, you know, on that trip, which isn't quite as far as going from Calgary to Florida, you know, I, you know, learned about hauling my horse long distances and stuff like that. So I feel like I kind of had some of the pieces in place in terms of putting together a trip like that. And then, you know, I just kind of came together in terms of, you know, asking people, you know, kind of networking and trying to find a place to stay. Like, you don't have to be down in Florida with a whole string of horses. Like, you can kind of find, I found a friend of a friend with like a small farm and an RV on the property to rent. And, you know, I stayed there last year um, and I'm back on the same property this year, but in an apartment, which has better internet. So that's helpful. And then for my work, you know, I've been remote for a while. Um, so I'm really fortunate in that sense, but I think there are more and more people who are remote these days that can probably make a similar kind of thing work. Speaking of making things work, where are you based now and kind of how do you manage the whole horse commitments with like real adulting commitments? Um, (laughs) I think, (laughs) um, I'm, well, I'm in Florida now. I would say. (laughs) <laughs> I would say I probably, I think I'll probably be based in, I'll, I would say I'm going to be based in Maryland. Like after Florida last, um, this past season, I thought I'd be able to go back up to Canada for the summer, but the border was still closed. So I went up to my mom's in Maryland, um, which was great. You know, I think that's the most time I'm 43 and I haven't spent that much time with my mom, I think since I was like 15, but it was lovely. And so I think I'll probably go back to my mom's in Maryland. And so that takes care of that sort of family component. And my husband's going to be on sabbatical this coming year. Um, so I don't really, I think that I, I wouldn't, I don't feel like I'm that balanced in the sense that I haven't spent that much time with my husband in the past year. 
Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but he's been very understanding and supportive of it. And, um, you know, some of it's been just, just kind of the situation that we're in. Um, so I'm hoping that he'll be able to come down to Florida for Christmas. Um, cause I'll still be here. I'll, you know, I'm going to be here through the spring season, but you know, the new Omicron variant might put that into question. I'm not sure, but then work, you know, I think work is something that I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing and getting it done during my, you know, during my eight to five kind of time, as you might guess from my history of doing triathlon, like I'm extremely good at being like very regimented and having a plan. And, um, I think having a a plan is sort of the key to any kind of athlete's success or regular person's success. But, uh, you know, I have years and years of Excel spreadsheets or I guess Google sheets on my computer (laughs) planning out, you know, like macro level, micro level, keeping notes on stuff. And I think that that's kind of been really helpful to me to keep things, if not fully balanced, like mostly balanced. (laughs) That sounds about right. Mostly (laughs) balanced is about it. So speaking of family, do you guys have any holiday traditions you do? Or since everything's been crazy, you're not sure about traditions anymore? Um, Mostly the latter, but I will say I do love a good Christmas carol and like Starting probably about now, and I'm not a singer, so I'm not going to regale you all with my round of Christmas carols. But oh, like, by, <laughs> yeah, no, but I I do like singing Christmas carols to my family, and it drives them a little bit bonkers. But um, but other than that, no, I think um, that's my Christmas tradition or my holiday. That's your Christmas. Tradition. That's okay. No one would want to hear me sing either. Yeah, so right. Don't worry. <laughs> Well, Courtney, thank you so much for coming on and good luck this season. And hopefully we will see you. We should be in Ocala a couple of times. So hopefully we'll see oh, good. you or Justine will see you as well. So uh, thank you again for coming on with us. Oh, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. If you guys haven't tried out the Eagle pads, you have to. There's no slipping, no sliding, no problem at all. My favorite is the Eagle Gold Secure Pads. They're engineered to keep your horses back comfortable while keeping the saddle in place for a safe, competitive ride. They have impact protection through the seat and ultra-thin flaps to provide the rider with a better communication and more stable riding position. They're available in both English and Western styles. Shop the entire collection at ecogold.ca. All right, everybody. Our next guest, I'm really excited to introduce because she is a very good personal friend of mine who I actually met in person, but I met her through the podcast and we'll get into that in just a minute. But Amanda Moore is an amateur hunter jumper rider from New Bern, North Carolina. She's ridden horses all her life with trainers in Virginia, Indiana, Kentucky, and Florida before settling in North Carolina. She's married and works in marketing when she's not in the saddle. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, it's so good to be here. Hi, I miss you very much. I miss you too. It's been too long. It has been too long. So for everybody listening, Amanda and I met through the podcast, actually. It's a really fun story. So I will will quickly tell the story and Amanda, you'll tell me if I leave anything out. But so... Amanda reached out to me on Facebook. She's was a member of our podcast group on Facebook and DM'd me because she and her husband were moving to Florida. They were leaving Kentucky and moving here and they wanted to settle in the Tampa area where I live. And she was asking about places to live and also places to ride. And so I was giving her some suggestions and we we like had one common person that we kind of knew who was also a listener from the podcast. And um So she moved here and she moved to St. Pete, the city that I live in. 
And then she also started riding and leasing a horse at the barn where I keep Mikey. And so we became very fast friends and we horse showed together and she rode Mikey and we just, I love her and I miss her very much because then she left and moved back to North Carolina. So <laughs> did I leave anything out? No, I mean, that, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, my husband, Caleb, he would pretty much say that I like stalked Justine and like forced <laughs> myself into her life and like wanted to be her friend. That That's, that's the story he tells people. <laughs> yeah. oh, I feel like I could be friends with him. That's amazing. <laughs> that, and we did force friendships on our husbands. They, they were forced to hang out. I feel yes. like Alex was not forced into that friendship. Yeah, I feel like they got along. (laughs) I think they get along very well, actually. I think to the point where like Justine and I would kind of split off and they would split off and like just have their own conversations. And then Caleb came back to me after knowing Justine for a while and she was like, or he was like, oh my gosh, she's just as psycho as you are. (laughs) No wonder (laughs) you guys are friends. (laughs) 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 So yeah, the four of us were... um, we used to hang out all the time. And yeah, we were like, buds. Yeah. So speaking of being friends with Justine, these two love to embarrass me and have my mother on the podcast <laughs> uh, to embarrass me. <laughs> so tell us a funny, embarrassing story about Justine. <sighs> well, there's... Okay, I'll have two different stories that I actually want to share. I'll give you obviously what you guys want to hear and i i kind of have an embarrassing story of justine i guess you guys could tell me if it's embarrassing but she would frequently come to the barn and she would kind of like you know come in kind of like slumpy and i would you know hey you know what's wrong well alex is mad at me because i backed down my driveway and i hit our front fence for like the third time (laughs) all right that is a good one (laughs) Yeah, I never actually seen her how, hit the fence. How many times did you hit it? Like at least three or four in just the year oh that goodness. I lived there. So I was going to say, like, are we talking about pre, during, or post Amanda in Florida? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it's probably Poor like 20. Alex. I yeah. can't wait till he puts like spikes on it. Oh my, so it's just a little white picket fence in my front yard, but it makes our driveway so narrow and I drive a so truck. So it's like. You know, and then do you just like put a sign that says, please hit me? That's what I so, would paint on it. It just looks terrible now. Like, cause I was like, oh, maybe I should pay to get it fixed. But then I kept hitting it. So I'm like, no, we're not going to fix it. <laughs> so I did that to my bumpers of all my trucks. And now I have the biggest brush guard because Doug wouldn't replace another one. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> it is the same thing. Cause you got to remember, I live in like an urban city, but drive. Yeah truck because I'm I was like I was driving in DC and I'm like of course somebody like bumped me or whatever he's like I'm tired of finish, like fixing the bumper <laughs> we're getting like the biggest heavy duty bumper if you hit something like it's not gonna be broken anymore yeah so, yeah I've gone through my else. fence a couple okay. of times <laughs> so I can't wait you're gonna have like a rebar fence next <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so Amanda what's the other story Okay, the other story is I'm pretty sure it was one of our like first horse shows together when I started riding at Justine's barn. So it was me and her and a couple of other girls and we went, you know, like as a barn to go horse show. And of course, I pick the place or the barn that kind of goes 
out into the Florida wilderness to have horse shows. Like, I don't know. This, it's oh, just it's a cool show, but yeah. it's like, yeah, it's out there and it's kind of as a hike from our barn. And of course, being the very sophisticated and successful adult amateur that I am, I locked my keys inside of my car on a horse show day. I think it was the second day. I'm not sure. And uh, Justine is just such a wonderful and caring person. I love her. <laughs> she used her AAA to call to Kai and get my keys out of my car. But there's a twist to this story because Justine's mom happened to be there as well. And AAA <laughs> had to send out like three or four people because they couldn't figure out how to get to the horse show venue. Like, that's how in the middle of nowhere we were. Like, the tow truck people and the key getter-outer people could not figure out how to get to us. So Justine's mom gets on the phone and just starts, like, yelling at them. Like, we've been waiting over an hour, yada, yada, yada. And then, magically, someone arrives in, like, 15 minutes (laughs) and got the keys out of my car. (laughs) That was a good story. We've had a lot, though. Mm -hmm. Um I think about like our rocking horse shenanigans where <laughs> you were, you've just been a great friend at all the horse shows, Amanda. We had a lot of fun when you were here. I was very sad when you moved. I know I've been sad since I moved. I miss you and Katie and everyone at the barn so much for just having fun. It's really oh, fun. Yeah. Just horse showing as like a group of people. Well, so you moved back to New Bern, which is a place you lived before. And I know you really love your trainer and your barn that you're at now. And you're saving up to buy a horse, which is exciting. So, and I, you know, I feel like this is a common struggle for all of us adults is budgeting, right? So talk us through like what you're doing right now. Like, how are you keeping your patience? Obviously you're working hard, you're putting money away um, to manage your budget goals. Yes, it's um, definitely nerve wracking at at times, but so I, I am in marketing I just recently kind of moved into this role and and got a promotion as well recently. So kudos to me. But, um, you know, having a little bit higher paying job, but certainly it doesn't hurt anything. I also on the side own a small photography business as well that Justine also has a very big hand in. That's a good story, too. Um, but so as well as putting money aside from my paychecks and really just, you know, committing to a number and sticking to a number and making that the priority. It's definitely big, helpful tip number one. And then, of course, with my side hustle photography business, I do pictures of people at horse shows mostly. And I take all the money that I earn extra on the side and it just goes right into my separate account. I kind of mapped out a plan of where I want to be at a given time point. And I think just really kind of sticking to the goals and making them smaller. I also just kind of focus on more of a monthly goal. So like I want to get to a certain number, divide it by how many months I am till I get there and try to just commit to the monthly number every month, making it smaller. And you just kind of work your way up like a ladder until magically you're there. <laughs> that's some, that's actually really, really good advice is to break it apart so it seems more tangible, that it's not one big number, that it's small little pieces. So that's pretty awesome. And then speaking of like you mentioned your husband and stuff, do you guys do any or with your family, any uh, holiday family traditions or favorite mm. holiday traditions? My husband's family is definitely more 
holiday tradition type. They definitely go all out for Christmas. And I think since being with them for the past, I don't know, seven, eight Christmases, I think the putting up of the lights is like my favorite part. So I love the part where you have all your colored lights or your white lights, icicles, different shapes and sizes. And it's really fun just to kind of put it all together and organize it in a way and where it turns out beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us. Amanda, it was so fun and so glad you could share some stories about Justine because we've always had people share stories. So we're glad that you could come on and do that with us. So thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun to finally be on the podcast. But we have one more surprise for you. So (gasps) we just wanted to thank you before you actually like got going. But we would love for you to join us for Rose and Thorn if that's (gasps) something you'd like to do. Yay! I would love to do that, but I don't want to go first. Okay, you don't have to go first. (laughs) I'm not ready. All right, who wants to go first? I can go first. All right, Jess, what do you got? So my rose would be that we have gotten to spend more family time and everything. It's been downtime as kind of guess my thorn would be that we're not we're showing and missing it. But at the same time, I guess that's like kind of my rose is that we're getting to spend the last like two months to do family time and we just get to see everybody for the holidays, which is kind of not normal with the rest of it that I guess like I'm really appreciative of. I got to do Thanksgiving with my family. My brother came out from California and for Christmas, Doug's mom, dad, sister, um, brother-in-law and their little baby are going to come visit us at the new farm. So I guess my Rose Thorn is kind of a combo that yeah, it's downtime and we, I love horse showing and everything, but at the time, like we're really taking advantage of family time and spending it at the new place. So do you feel like, are you guys feeling settled? Like the new farm feels home now? Yes. Like finally, finally, like there's still projects and there's projects like every day. And one of our poor guys, like I told him a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know, Richie, this is like, you know, project number 6,000 million, a hundred. And he's like, well, I hope like not that many. And I'm like, no, dude, like, I think there's like infinity projects. <laughs> and he's like, well, but once we get all this and I'm like, oh, don't worry. Between Doug and I, we'll find new projects. And I was like, but that's <laughs> part of why we need, you know, you have a job and everything. We we're like joking with him. He's like, so they're not always going to be big, big projects. I'm like, until we find the next big one. And he's like, you guys kill me. <laughs> so we're finally doing projects still, but it's finally like, we feel like home and living here and getting settled and all of our stuff has been really, really nice. I feel like projects is just part of owning a barn. There's always well, that's it. I was like, you're yeah. never going to be yeah. done. Exactly. I feel like I said months ago that if I ever hit the 95%, I would be happy because I feel like the last five is just being part of a homeowner or, you know, anybody, it doesn't have to be land or anything. Like if I lived in a house, I'd always want to fix something else, you know, or, change the wall color or whatever. So I feel like that's part of the last 5%. And I feel like we're probably at 93%. So I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah. What about you, Ellie? So I guess that my, my thorn would have to be that I am may or may not be going through that stage where I've stopped shaving my legs again. Stop (laughs) it. We've reached that time of year. And I've kind of embraced it at this point. I'm like, you know what? I'll do this every year because it's, it does keep you warmer. So, so basically you, what you're saying is Ellie's changed Movember to like 
some new thing no for her. Shave legs. No sh- Yeah. <laughs> there. Something. I can't yeah. say it. Um, but no, in actuality, my, my thorn is that I started a new job, which is good, but I'm not working the hours that I'm supposed to be working. So it's supposed to be like kind of like a like a second shift. So I worked from like 2.30 to 11.30, which for me is perfect because then I have like all morning to do like all horse stuff. And, you know, I can schedule my farrier and my vets for like the mornings, right? Well, right now it's it's busy season for us. So we're all working like overtime and stuff like that. But I'm working like normal people hours, which is like the first time in like years that I've worked like nine to five. And I hate it. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Okay, like I've girl. been there. I've been there. Yeah, it, exactly. There are pros and cons, but yeah, it's hard. So um, pros in the summer, cons in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's still neither. Uh, Cause I have not had any time. Like since I've, I've woke up this is like the fourth week I have not written at all uh, since I started my new job because I can't. Cause by the time mm-hmm. I'm done, you know, 10 degrees outside, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to ride cause I'm cold. Um, so what's your rose then? So my rose is like, you gotta have a rose brighten up the day. (laughs) It's that since I am working so late, Matt's having to do all the horse chores. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one, actually. It is. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we're a two man operation here, you know? So, you know, I don't, I don't have anybody, don't pay anybody to clean my stalls or anything. So it's, it's nice to, not have to do that every day. Although recently I have been trying to help and do like half of them in the morning before I start work, but only half <laughs> <laughs> until the day you don't feel like doing half. Yeah. But it, you know, and then it comes back to a thorn, unfortunately, because tax season is going to start and he's an accountant. So then mm. he's be working till like 11 so that I'm going to have to start doing him again. Um, which is just take advantage of it while it's cold. Yeah. So Justine, what about you? Uh, um, my rose is that I've got one more wedding to go to till the end the year is over. And then I'm done. I'm not going to any more weddings ever again in my life ever. That's I'm not cutting true. them off because I've gone to more weddings this year, like in a pandemic than like, gosh, it's been crazy. Like I think about how I did, I went to the Terra Nova horse show and I went to two weddings somehow in between. In the same show. weekend. Yes. It's so intense. I've got, it's, I've got one more coming up um, this month. And then I'm like, I told my husband no more. Um, but we're making like a little weekend getaway out of it. So it'll it'll be like a nice break that I'm looking forward to. Like no family, just the two of us. Just, you know what I mean? Like, it'll that's yeah. my rose. So no more weddings. And my thorn... I guess is, I don't know. I don't know. Life's been pretty good. What's annoying me? Oh. How about what your dog did on your couch? Oh my, okay. So. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. All right. So Tiki, my greyhound, literally the day we taped the last podcast with Jimmy, poor Ellie was trying to call me like we talk on the phone and I just couldn't deal with it because I got off the podcast and my husband was like off doing something clearly not paying attention to our animals 
And I'm like, what is that smell walking through our living room? And it does not smell good. And my greyhound had pooped outside, stepped in her own poop and tracked it all over my house and was laying on my couch. I, I sent Ellie the picture laying on my couch with poop in her foot after she had smeared it all over my couch. Oh, oh my goodness. Tiki. That's disgusting. This also isn't, isn't the first time she's done this. I love her to death, but I think I, Amanda, I used to tell you this Tiki and Mikey, my horse, they have the same brain, like the same, like, domesticated animal like bred to be an obedient trained animal you know what i mean i love them they're they're wonderful pets <laughs> but, but like my little dog would never step in her own poop is all i got to say so, <laughs> <laughs> so gross <laughs> so yes poor tiki she's a good girl though other than stepping in her own poop but amanda what do you got for rose and thorn Okay, I feel like mine are not as cool as y'all, but whatever. Um, my I'm gonna go with my thorn first since I'm the last one to go. So my thorn is that I kind of got into plants recently. Ooh. And I went to like one of those new like hip plant bars where you can kind of go in and you can kind of like build a plant. Like you start with a pot and you add dirt and you pick, you know, the types of plants that you want and you put them all together and then they kind of tell you how to take care of them and then they send you on your way it's a pretty yeah. cool little thing that's pretty cool i know they're kind of like a newer thing but they're kind of popping up everywhere honestly i guess they're trying to convince our younger generation that we need greenery in our homes and we it's have a very to try and keep them trend. alive yep, yeah have plants yep i don't know but i went to one of those and so i have like a couple different succulents and some um uh, cactuses and things like that well, I've been putting them outside, you know, a lot, but now it's also gotten cold here where I live in North Carolina and I'm like scared of that I'm killing them and I I've worked so hard to keep them alive like all summer and I don't want them to die. That's my thorn. So you should probably keep them inside but can yeah. you like a windowsill? Yeah, that's the problem with my house. I feel like none of my windows are good like they don't light. like yeah like where the sun goes like they're just not placed in the correct placement for me to i've been putting them kind of just like in the house but on the floor like next to the sliding glass back door but that only gives them like a couple hours a day before like it's just gone again yeah but i feel like that's better than freezing them right yeah i have cats so i don't have plants <laughs> i have cats too and mine uh they don't they don't bother them you don't have house trolls then. Mine. Yeah, no, I definitely like all of my animals are like very strictly like they listen to me. Like if my cats are ever like trying to get into anything or do anything that they're not supposed to be doing, all I have to do is be like, and then they stop and run away. Must be nice. I know I have like trained cats. It's so weird, honestly, though, but they're like more well behaved than my dog. That is not Ellie's life. No. My <laughs> cat did attack my dogs the other day. It was a fat cat, and I laughed so hard the whole time. <laughs> and she's just wailing on my poor Bilbo Pitbull, and he's crying like a little baby. <laughs> That's what my dog does, and she's also part Pitbull. Like, they're not vicious at all. <laughs> In fact, they just lay there and take it. Oh, my gosh. All right, so what's your rose, Amanda? Okay. Uh, my rose is that this weekend I'm going to a new horse show. Ooh, Yay. Which one? 
Um, we're actually in our neck of the woods. Uh, Jessica, I'm going to the Carolina Horse Park this weekend. Oh, yay. That'll be so fun. I know. I haven't um, been in actually quite some time. I think the last time I was on venue's site was maybe like seven years ago, like when oh, I lived here super, previously. It's changed so much. So it'll be so fun. That's I awesome. Know. I'm like so it's excited to fun. see it again because the last time I was there... Are, are there real bathrooms yet? Yes, I think there are. I have not seen them, but I'm pretty sure they actually got them built <laughs> over this past year. Oh, that's so, so nice. I really because... think there is. And usually there's a bunch of food trucks and everything else. Ooh, um, num. Yeah, and like a coffee shop type place and stuff. They do a great job. So, But I think they were putting in real bathrooms with the whole new like building they built, like judges stand and stuff. So, Because they built like new rings and stuff. So, no, I'm super excited. Seen... So, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how, well, how much it's changed. Because even back then, it was still like one of the nicer venues in the area. Like from me on the coast, I, you know, we have to kind of like work our way out before we get to anything cool. So I'm, I'm so excited and I'm excited to maybe horse show there one day. So yeah. it's going to be an exciting weekend, kind of like getting to see more of the places that my barn horse shows at. And I've just been like fantasizing. <laughs> I'm no, like that's so super fun. ready to have a horse. You guys like so ready. I've been waiting a very, very long time. Aww, You're well, soon there. enough. Soon yeah. enough. All right, Amanda. I'm so glad you got to come on the podcast. Yeah, me too. It's been like so much fun. Aww. Thank I know, you I for joining you. us. Yeah, because I have been listening to this podcast since like almost its inception. I'm pretty sure. Nice. I like. I That's think so I exciting. found it when there were only like I want to say there were like 14 episodes. Nice. And now we're on like what 90 something. So yeah, yeah. 93. Yeah. So thank like, you so much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we got a mailbag from Betsy in our Facebook group in the Heels Down Happy Hour podcast lounge, and I wanted to see if you had some advice for her. So Betsy says her mare has been treated for ulcers and she's all clear, but she's still very girthy six months later. She's wondering if there's something else going on. She's on grain and she has supplements specifically for ulcers and she's getting a mesopol before going on big trips and alfalfa hay she, so it sounds like betsy's doing everything right in your experience jess maybe we'll start with you like what do you do with a horse that might still be girthy after going through an ulcer treatment so one i would make sure you actually like obviously got them rescanned, and it sounds like you did but a lot of times sometimes it just takes time and you say that you're feeding supplements that are formulated for it but I'd also, we use the um, Outlast that's in Purina and it's actually in their grain as well. So that has helped a lot because sometimes the Meprazole or Sucrolfate or um, any kind of different ones, there are several different types of ulcer medication, like different drugs. So it's like Advil or Aleve. Some people react differently. So I would make sure it is that, but then also maybe do the girth kind of a little loose or have a fleece girth so that you're just doing it inches at a time. So sometimes they actually think their stomach's going to hurt because you're like wrenching up on it or like a couple holes too much. And when I mean, it might not make a difference to most horses, that horse just might be super sensitive. So if you do it super loose and then one hole at a time, take them for a walk, one hole at a time, just to make sure it is not just the reaction he thinks it's going to hurt where it definitely doesn't hurt, but he's just going back to almost like PTSD about it. 
Right. That was my thing is it feels like almost like a, he's anticipating, a, you, you know, like a pain response yeah. that used yeah. to be there, might not still be there. You know, what do you think? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think Jess pretty much hit it on the head, but my other thing would be, you know, have a vet out to really listen to their stomach and maybe scope them, you know, and just make sure that ulcers are actually your problem. Um, Cause there's a lot of things like horses can get, you know, just like people can get IBS, you know? Um, so it could be something else. I, I don't want to freak you out, but you know, always just when in doubt, just call your vet and make an appointment. Yeah, I agree with that too. As someone who owns a thoroughbred, I, you know, I did the whole ulcer treatment thing when I got him. And I think a lot of people just treat without scoping, which is fine. But again, if symptoms persist, you know, obviously you need to know if the, what the problem is before you can treat it. And then I would also say there are a lot of products out on the market um, that say they do things, but maybe aren't necessarily tested that they that they do what they say. So I would make sure you're checking with your vet for advice on you're using the right maintenance types products. And then my horse, actually, Mikey is very sensitive to girthing. Uh, he's the type who, if you girth too fast, he uh, if you catch that nerve that runs along the lower part of their barrel, like he'll literally fall down in the cross ties. So I had never experienced that before owning this horse and like a slow girthing progress, like just you described is really important. And I actually, you know, like it, it changed the way I think about girths and I bought different types of girths uh, just to make sure he's more comfortable knowing that about him. So it could be unrelated to ulcers and it could just be literally, un, you know, discomfort during the girthing process that you could be dealing with. Could also be saddle fit, too, if you're. Yeah, that's a good point. That's another thing that people don't often associate with girthiness. But as that girth tightens, you're pushing on that back. So if it's hitting a point that is a little uncomfortable, uh, that's another thing to look into. So keep us posted, Betsy. Let us know how your mare's doing. And if you have a question for us, you can always send us an email and we'll answer it on air. Our email is hello at heelsdownmedia.com. And if you want to hear from more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Spark. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash spark by HD. And you should join our Facebook group if you haven't already. That's the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. We want to say thank you to all of our partners this week, EcoGold, Candles for Burned Out Equestrians, Greenflower Botanicals, and Redding Goat. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. Cheers.